You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney podcast on Rivals.com with your host, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell. <laughs> this podcast is taking a turn. And National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gorney. We once spent a New Year's Eve together in Denny's in San Antonio, and it was really the low point of my life. That's right. Welcome to another edition of the Godfather and Gorney podcast. I am Dave Barry, producer of the show, and I am joined by National Recruiting Director for Rivals.com, Mike Farrell. He's out on the East Coast, as well as National Recruiting Analyst Adam Gorney on the West Coast. We are coming off a big weekend in college football, guys. A couple of big upsets in the Big Ten. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, but first let's talk Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, a game that came down to the last couple of minutes. Um, Mike, tell me your thoughts on Great that Great offense, game. no defense. Horrible de- horrible defense. And I know Big 12 fans are going to be like, oh, what are you doing? What are you talking about? You didn't mention horrible defense in the Penn State-Ohio State game, and, and that was a high-scoring game and all that. Um, there weren't as many wide-open wide receivers or slants that went for touchdowns uh, in that game compared to the Bedlam game, which was just awful, awful, atrocious defense. But you got to hand it to Baker Mayfield. You know, threw for almost 600 yards. Um, you know, he wrapped up the Heisman. We'll talk about that in a second. I think he wrapped up the Heisman. Um, just a winner, you know. But if you score 52 points, you shouldn't lose by double digits. That's just the way it is. And Oklahoma State, your defense is atrocious. Oklahoma's defense is pretty bad as well. I think they averaged giving up 30-plus points a game uh, in the month of October. They're off to a horrible start for the month of November. If they want to win a national championship, they got to fix that defense because they can get in to the playoff, but they're not going to beat anybody if they have to outscore them. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this game. I don't know if I'm really impressed by Oklahoma or just kind of depressed by both defenses because it was just going up and down the field. It was like, almost get the defense off the field as fast as possible to get the offense back on. You know, Mayfield threw for almost 600 yards. That's a joke. I mean, come on. You you can slow him down a little bit. I think Baker Mayfield, I mean, um, Mason Rudolph threw for almost 500 and lost, and Justice Hill ran for 250 or something like that. I mean, the numbers were just obscene. Uh, after a while, I kind of just stopped watching because high-scoring games are fun sometimes, but this was just kind of a joke. Yeah, I mean, it takes away a little bit of the fun of it. If you love pinball games, if you, you know, if you love these high-scoring games, if you love offense and, and hate everything about defense. But if you're a football purist and a guy who wants to see at least a couple of defensive stands, you know, the way Oklahoma is playing now, it's like we have to stop you one more time um, than you stop us. And we can win, you know, obviously 62 to 52 or whatever. Um that's not the way to win football games. Now, on the other side, everybody thinks I'm an SEC apologist. The SEC stinks. It's a horrible conference overall. you got two teams, Alabama and Georgia. Everybody else is just hot garbage, and we'll get to that down the line. But, um, you know, I don't like seeing those 10 to 9 Alabama LSU games we've seen in the past either. I think that's atrocious and awful because when the offense is that bad, I like to see a mix. I like to see some nice defensive plays. I like to see some some good offensive uh, play calling. I like to see some tackling. I like to see uh, a defensive back actually cover a wide receiver rather than just let him run by him. Um, but, you know, if you're looking for a high-scoring game, you found it. Uh, Oklahoma is in the driver's seat now. And uh, I think they're the best team in the Big 12. I mean, you know, again, I picked Oklahoma State to win the Big 12, but 
I have not been impressed with Mason Rudolph. Someone was saying the other day the two best quarterbacks in the country played in that game. No, the best quarterback in the country played in that game in Baker Mayfield. Mason Rudolph's not the number two quarterback in the country. I'm sorry. He's just not. Yeah, I don't know if his shoulder is still bothering him more than they want to let on, um, but they're really relying much more on the run. Um, I don't know if that's to mask their defense a little bit, but something is definitely off on him. Definitely not the second best quarterback in the country. I don't think that's even worth an argument. Um, you know, with Oklahoma though, it's going to be interesting. They can get in the playoff and, you know, but teams, Georgia and Alabama will not shut them down, but at least slow them down and they can't stop anybody. So that's going to be uh, very problematic for them once they get into real football here and not just throwing the ball you know, to Marquise Brown on a, on a slant, and then he runs 90 yards untouched. It was, it was, it was just a joke all day. And uh, I think the Heisman race is over. I can't think of anybody you could make a case for other than Baker Mayfield right now. Barkley got stuffed by Michigan State. Um, you know, Bryce Love has been injured. Khalil Tate should, should have never been in the Heisman discussion. I know he threw two interceptions late in that game, but should have never been in the discussion as, as a, on an Arizona team that's very average. I know putting up those big stats and all that. But at least when Lamar Jackson was doing it, he was, he was playing real football teams. But I cannot I think, think it's of over. who number I two think is. It's over. I think it's over, but the I think the only other shot is Josh Adams at Notre Dame. He's putting up huge numbers. He's playing on a marquee team. If they go undefeated, he's got a shot. But like I, I agree with you. I think it's over. Baker Mayfield is not only putting up huge numbers, but he's also you know the media darling. Everybody loves to talk about him. And so I think he's... Unless things implode here down the stretch, which I don't think they will, unless TCU really holds him down, um, I think he is the winner. It's sad Saquon Barkley doesn't get the ball anymore. Uh, you know, in a monsoon, they're throwing the ball all over the field. I don't understand it. Uh, but, you know, he just doesn't get the ball. They don't run him. Uh, they don't split him out. They didn't do anything with him. So uh, I think Baker Mayfield is clearly the front runner. I think it's going to be tough to beat him. You know, Josh Adams... Maybe, uh, but you know, I don't even know who three and four is sitting in New York. Nah, I don't know either. Josh Adams, yeah, but he got hurt this weekend and that hurt his numbers. And he'll be back, you know. And if he has a huge game against Miami and a huge game against Stanford, maybe. But I just don't see. I mean, even if even if uh, Oklahoma loses, you know, two games from here on out. I mean, they got TCU coming up, which is a tough game. The Big Twelve Championship should be should be a tough game. He's still going to put up 500 yards or 400 yards in, in that game. I mean, it's just the defenses are so bad. TCU's got a good defense. I guarantee you Mayfield throws for 400 yards. Just It's the good defense in the Big 12, which is, you know, there's an asterisk next to that. Um, so we'll have to see. Speaking of uh, over, the Big 10 appears to be done. Uh, Wisconsin, if they go undefeated, and we'll get to them in a second, if they if they make the playoff, they go undefeated. But the best chance for the Big Ten died this weekend with Ohio State absolutely getting drubbed by Iowa. Penn State losing uh, with a great opportunity um, with Ohio State's loss. Um, bad coaching on both sides. I mean, you mentioned throwing the ball as much as they did uh, for Penn State. And this Ohio State defense was atrocious. I mean, if we're going to slam uh, Oklahoma's defense, let's slam Ohio defense and those, defense and those guys – they have all these future NFL first-rounders and all these great players. They stunk. They looked absolutely awful um, against an Iowa team that, I mean, they made they made Brian Ferentz look like the greatest offensive mind in the history of football. Um, they made, 
you know, uh, the, the Iowa offense looked like, uh, you know, the, the Rams with Kurt Warner, um, greatest show on turf, all that garbage. It was just so bad. And, and I think Greg Schiano's comment earlier in the season that this defensive line is better than any I've ever had, including the NFL. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, JT Barrett, Mike's Heisman hopeful through four <laughs> interceptions. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, the defense, the defense was put in some bad spots, but still, this is an Iowa team that for years people have been critici- criticizing Kirk Ferentz and, and, and the staff for, you know, uh, not opening it up, trying to keep games close, all those kinds of things. 487 total yards. They split it evenly rushing and passing. Uh, the over/under in this game was 55, and Iowa ha- and Iowa almost covered it themselves. Uh, they had 55, so a blowout. Ohio State blew it. Penn State blew it. You know, I, you know, I'm not going to make excuses for Penn State. If Penn State's playing Michigan State on a sunny afternoon in East Lansing, I think Penn State comfortably wins that game. There's a four-hour break. They're playing in a monsoon the whole time. No excuses. Obviously, Penn State blew it, too. And yes, I think the Big Ten is done. Even if Wisconsin wins the Big Ten championship and goes undefeated, I think the Big Ten is left out. Yeah, and I think Urban might be overrated as a coach. I know he's won three national championships, um, two of those with a guy named Tebow. I know Tebow was not the starting quarterback. His first one when Chris Leak was there, but... A lot of talent on those Florida teams, and obviously winning with a third-string quarterback at Ohio State is amazing. But I think every year for the last two or three years, I've seen a a game plan um, just be tremendously awful. I thought the Oklahoma game plan was awful. Um, I thought the game plan against Iowa was awful. You know, last year, obviously, losing to Penn State, which was not as good a team as, as, as Ohio State at that point in time when it comes to talent. Uh, and then two years ago, I keep going back to that Michigan game where Ezekiel Elliott just didn't touch the football. I don't understand. Is there a new term? Should we coin it urbaning? Because every I, year know, there's one bad game. A little unfair, yes. Every year there is one bad game, and it does seem like uh, you know he does blow it in certain situations. But this is a guy who's 68 and eight in overall at Ohio State, 44 and three in the Big Ten. Uh, overrated is definitely not a right word, but I do think as an Ohio State fan, when that big game comes or uh, when Oklahoma comes to town earlier this season or Michigan State a few years ago or or even going on the road at Iowa or you know Penn State last year, even though they lost on a blocked field goal, there is that one game where you're, is this going to be the game? So I, you know, I don't know if he's a Clemsoning candidate, but there's always that in the back of your mind that that could be the game, but, but come on, he was, he's 68 and eight overall. He's one seventy two and 31. And he had 14 first round NFL draft picks two years ago and couldn't even make the playoff and 14. I'm making it up. I think he had seven, which is ridiculous. I mean, the talent is there. They should be in the playoff every year and, and they got lucky against Penn state. Let's, let's, let's not oh, say yeah. they didn't. I mean, the Penn state lost their top offensive lineman. Uh, Penn state lost uh, one of their key defensive linemen. Um, everybody stays healthy. They lose that game against Penn State. Uh, then they, you know, then they fall to Iowa back to back, and we got a different situation here. I just, I don't think he's a great game coach. I don't think he's a great game coach when it comes to adjustments. I don't think he's a great game coach when it comes to um, game plan. I think he's a great recruiter. I think he's a, a great assembler of talent. Uh, I think he surrounds himself with very good coaches. Obviously, we've seen. 
Dan Mullen and how good a coach he is and, and, you know, Tom Herman and how good a coach he can be. Um, but man, I just scratched my head. I mean, there's no way on earth, let down game or not, there's no way on earth you get plastered and give up 50 points to Iowa and just don't. Now, maybe I'm overreacting. I'm a little cranky. Uh, I'll tell you why. We just turned the clocks back. So it's <laughs> it, 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 it's dark at 7 a.m. when you wake up and it's going to be dark at 4.30 p.m. I mean, last night. I thought night, that extra hour of sleep would have helped you, Mike. No, no, not at all. Because you know what? Last night at 4.30, it felt like it was midnight. And you're like, what am I doing? And it's this is this is six months. I mean, I got to deal with this stuff till April, so I'm very cranky. I've got Nick seasonal Sa- affective disorder. Um, Nick Saban, and seventy-one and twelve, seventy-one and twelve in the SEC. Urban, forty-four and three in the Big Ten. Urban has a better winning percentage in conference than Nick Saban. He's not overrated. He's a he's maybe the best coach in college football. How many national championships has Nick Saban won? All right, I know, I, I get you. And and do they ever miss the playoff? Like ever. No, they don't. Well, there we go. So, listen, I'm not. I'm just saying. When you have Urban to play Georgia, or when you have to play Florida in the uh, in the SEC oh, championship don't give me game, the you're, SEC. Basically, listen. you're basically guaranteed a spot in the in the in the championship anyway. Just because the Big Ten's been good for like two years, don't give me that garbage. Two you know, years, the SEC, yeah. SEC was a monster for a decade. For a decade straight, the SEC was an absolute monster. And Nick Saban navigated it. The, the, the last two years have been when the SEC stunk. This year and last year. Besides that, the SEC is the best conference, hands down. Big Ten is overrated as well as a conference. I mean, look at this. You know, your undefeated team is going to get shut out. They're not going to make the playoff. If Wisconsin goes you, undefeated, they're not going to make the playoff. You really think so? I, I wanted to go back to that. You think that if Wisconsin goes undefeated, I mean, Notre Dame could lose in the next couple of weeks, well, that's next, the, in thing, the last that, few weeks of the season. There's so much football to be played, and I was on this podcast, I believe, one week ago today saying that I thought Ohio State and Penn State were two of the top four teams in the country. So I wouldn't be shocked if Miami beats Notre Dame. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Auburn beats Georgia. So there's a lot There's a lot of football to play left. But, but if it stays where... Uh, Alabama and Georgia go to the SEC championship undefeated. Guaranteed, the Big Ten gets left out, and the the one loss SEC yeah. team gets in. So uh, you will t- you would take now the the real interesting question, and we can get into this. I don't know when is if you have a one loss ACC team and a one loss um, Big Twelve team, do you not take an undefeated Big Ten team over those two teams? Yeah, because Clemson's schedule is not that much better than Wisconsin. And, and they lost. Yeah, Wisconsin is pretty bad, but they, for God's sakes. Yeah, but look at look at where they right. are right now in the rankings. What I know, but, what, the, what but Wisconsin wins, still has. Yeah, but what wins are, is going to propel like on their schedule? What wins are going to propel Wisconsin past yeah. Clemson if well, they both went out? Yeah, they're Iowa and Michigan. Um, Iowa, and Michigan, and then the Big Big Ten championship. Iowa's not ranked. Michigan's not ranked. Um, and then the Big Ten championship is going to get be against the two lost team. Yeah, I don't think it would matter. I think Wisconsin is going to be left out. Because, and it's it's a shame for Wisconsin, because two years ago they played Alabama out of conference. A year ago they played LSU out of conference. They're not afraid to schedule people. This year it just so happens that they have a yeah, thing. It just worked out. Like Utah State or something, and Florida Atlantic, and then you had BYU. And the one-year yeah. BYU is an absolute train wreck and, and all that. Um, you know, you have them on your schedule, and, and they're horrible, and they're hurting that their schedule, but a one loss ACC team is in over an undefeated Wisconsin. 
that's just the way it is because of the way the rankings are set up right now because Clemson wins out they're going to stay at four or maybe move to three um Wisconsin cannot jump them because they just don't have any teams left to beat and conspiracy theory or not that's why Georgia's at number one uh they're at number one so if they lose to Alabama they'll drop them to four that's just how it goes maybe they do have a better win also I mean the Notre Dame win on the road is a better win than Alabama has but who knows? Conspiracy or not, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. But the Big Ten, you know, they're they're coming up in our our you blew it section. Uh, you blew it. You blew it this weekend. You absolutely blew it. Pac-12, you know, screwed themselves a couple of weeks ago. Big Ten this weekend, and and really honestly, Penn State. I mean, that's a game they could have won, should have won. Uh, that's why you were arguing about them being a top four team last week. They're not Gorney. I'm sorry. I know you went there to school. I know you had some, some friends in the book club or whatever dorky things you were at it doing at <laughs> the, uh, book club. Jur- the journalism club. Or the Only a central club, Connecticut state grad would say I was in the book club. All we did at central was just drink and party. I mean, there's nothing else to do at central, at least at Penn state. You had your journalism club and your broadcast future broadcasters of America club and, all that little dorky stuff you did. But you know what? Your team blew it. They blew it. So let's get to the, the report about Sumlin out at the end of the season. Shocker. I mean, how bad? Now, listen, I watched some of that game. I was flipping around, obviously, trying to watch as many in a DVR to bunch. Went back and watched a bunch. How bad are they? The defense, the defense isn't bad. But they don't know what to do with Kellen Mond. They cannot figure it out. His inaccuracy is destroying them. Um, and they can't game plan around that issue. What they were doing in the beginning of the season was they were running him quite a bit, and they were effective. I think he had over 100 yards rushing a couple times, and that allowed him to you know, at least keep the defense honest and, and get a little bit more time. Now everything's like a quick out, and he can't, he can't get the ball where it needs to be, and they yanked him, and then Starko comes in. It's just they, they stink. You know, the quarterback, again, is that's what's going to kill someone. The quarterback juggling the loss of the quarterbacks that, that, are, that are talented football players and Kyle Allen and Kenny Trillhill and um, Tyler, Murray. Tyler Murray, you know, and now you got the true freshman in there who's not ready for prime time, and that's what's going to kill someone, and he should be out. Go on. Get out. Enough. Enough. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, the quarterback situation, and and I was watching some of that game and flipping like like everyone else was, and you know, he got a few series and then he got pulled, and then Starkle comes in, and so there's confusion on the offense. So why not just start? Why not just start Starkle in that game? If you're gonna give give Kellen Mond such a short leash, just start Starkle and and you know let him lose that way. Auburn's defense is fantastic. Texas A&M knew it coming in. Uh, although Mike loves Kellen Mond, he can't throw an accurate football down the field. He's very athletic, but Auburn kind of hemmed him in, and then he got pulled. So what do you do now? Do you go with Starkle and sit Mond? Mond wasn't horrible. Um, They could figure out ways to get the ball out. So, yes, he will be gone. Um, I mean, earlier this season, there were, you know, people on the board, you know, going to Facebook complaining about Sumlin, and things just aren't working there. He's out, and who knows who they'll get. Someone else they'll want to fire in two years. Yeah, but that's how it is with every fan base. It doesn't matter. But I, I, I do think, you know, he's out. There's going to be a whole lot of out. Um, you know, it's not just that. I mean, I think, I think this was the last straw for Brett Bielema 
at Arkansas. I mean, they should have lost to a one and seven, I think, one and seven course. Yeah, one and seven team. Coastal Carolina team. Yeah, they Who? should have lost, and um, and they they stink, and he deserves to be canned, which should have been canned by now. Obviously, Jim McElwain's firing. I mean, Florida. We'll get to them in hot garbage, but um, you know, it's time. It's time for a lot of these moves to be made when you know you're not going in the right direction, and and Texas A&M is not going in the right direction. It's time to to just bring in some new blood. So let's move on. Can Georgia beat Alabama? No. <laughs> now, now no. I don't. All right, no. moving on. Moving on. Because <laughs> the way to beat Alabama is to spread them out. The way to beat Alabama is to speed. You can't beat Alabama with power rushing. Uh, you can't beat Alabama with a true freshman quarterback who's going to be just harassed endlessly. Alabama loses two linebackers. They plug in two more. It, it doesn't matter. They're a machine. Now again. Did they dominate LSU and, 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 you know, put up 40 on them? No. Offensively, I think can can keep Alabama in check. But I just do not see the, the matchup power versus power being a good one for Georgia in that game. The only thing I can think to argue in this sense, and I also agree no, is um, LSU played Alabama 0-0 last year in Baton Rouge into the fourth quarter and they had a shot to win that game. And so if you can really slow it down, I, I think there are two ways to beat them. One, uh, sp- spread them out. That's how you have to beat them. Cle- that's how Clemson beat them. That's how Ole Miss used to throw for 500 yards against them and beat them. And Saban was complaining about spread offenses, and now he runs a spread offense to some extent. Uh, but or Or to just hope that they don't blow you out in the first three quarters and luck into something late. Um, and And, and, Beating someone twice is also difficult. So if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship, which I fully expect to have, essentially probably have to beat them again in the college football playoff. That's also difficult. But Saban's like 125 and an O against former assistant coaches. So he just toys with these guys. I think Alabama and Georgia are basically built the same way, and Alabama is just built better. So I think Alabama would win. And the best chance for a team to beat Alabama, I, m- I mentioned Notre Dame and Clemson, but Notre Dame's the same thing. That's that's the same offense. Um, they have a ru- they have a running quarterback, which is a little bit different. Uh, makes it a little bit more difficult, but they're a power offense. I don't think their defense is nearly as good as Georgia's. Um, Clemson, they don't have the quarterback to do it. Um, I think they have the defense, but I don't think they have the offense. And then Oklahoma, you throw them in there, yeah, they can spread you out, but there's no way on earth they're stopping. Alabama's offense. Yeah. So I don't think so, anybody could beat Alabama. We could wrap it up right now. Alabama's winning the national championship. Cle- Cle- <laughs> Clemson definitely cannot win. Um, they they hardly beat Alabama with maybe a top five NFL quarterback and Deshaun Watson and Kelly Bryant is far from that. I mean, that offense does not look very good right now. Oklahoma would be an interesting one just because if they, you know, they would let almost, they would almost let Alabama score. Um, but I don't think Oklahoma's wide receivers would get off the line of scrimmage. And I think their offensive line would get completely eaten up and Baker Mayfield would be on the ground the entire game. Um, so I don't think they would have much of a chance. I just don't see who wins. I just don't see who beats them. Um, yeah, they're strong. They're strong. Now, again, Baker Mayfield did beat the greatest defensive line in the history of Greg Schiano's mind, uh, in Ohio state. So, you know, they can handle defenses, but, I think you just need a team with balance on both sides of the ball, and you just don't have it. Notre Dame on defense is good, not good enough. Clemson on defense is good, offense isn't good enough. 
Oklahoma on offense is great. Defense isn't good enough. And then we're only talking about, you know, those four teams. Obviously, there's others out there. You know, I mean, Washington could sneak into this thing. And I actually think other. the best shot to, to beat Alabama, Mike, is uh, is Auburn beating them in the regular season, lucking into something and keeping them out of the playoff entirely. Auburn has good balance. I do worry about the offense, though, especially the way Stidham handles a pass rush. Um, he turns into a statue, and you can't be a statue against Alabama. Um, yeah. Clemson's, Clemson's, Clemson's defensive line, which, by the way, is much better than Ohio State's defensive line, people. Um, we saw what they did to Stidham. I think it was 12 sacks. Um, Alabama would just, I think. But we'll see. I mean, we get to actually see that game. We're making up games right now. We get to actually see that game. Georgia-Alabama will be a good one, and we'll get to that later in the week when we do our second amazing podcast. But, uh, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting. Um, maybe the two SEC teams do have the best chance to beat Alabama while nobody else does. But um, so let's get to it. We already talked to Wisconsin finishing undefeated. What if Miami finishes undefeated? Well, they're in. There is no way on earth that undefeated ACC champion is out. Give me, give me a scenario where they are. The scenario would be if Georgia, if Georgia loses by a last second point, a last second field goal, something it's tight the whole way, and then they then they move from one to four, and then uh, and then Notre Dame and and Oklahoma went out. Nah, no, there's just no way because Miami. Let's say Miami, you're saying undefeated Miami, that means they beat Notre Dame. So, boom, out. So Notre you would Dame's take an out. ACC champ over a Big Ten champ undefeated? An undefe- undefeated ACC champ in Miami who's beaten Notre Dame? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. Notre, Dame's, Notre Dame's out if Miami beats them. Out. Yeah, that's true. Bye-bye. Okay, yeah, so Miami would move so in. I think a one-loss ACC team is in. I don't think they're going to keep a one-loss ACC team out. Let's say Clemson is that team. Obviously, right now they're in good position at number four. We don't know what's going to happen Tuesday night when they come out with the new rankings, but they're in a good spot right now. So if they run the table, you can't assume that they're going to fall. Um, but let's say Clemson and, and Miami go to the ACC championships game. Let's say Miami has one loss to Notre Dame, but they beat Clemson. I think Miami has enough to jump into the playoff with that victory because Clemson's so highly ranked. So I don't see the ACC getting shut out, um, but again, there's a lot of football to play. But if Miami goes on the field, I mean, they're in. Notre Dame's out. Miami's in. And how about the all-black uniforms, the black helmets? Pretty cool. <laughs> you I know, mean, you I know me. Game, I turned that game on quickly, and, and Virginia Tech was you in the all-white, right. and yeah, I thought, thought, I thought they were Tech. reversed. Yeah. yeah, no, it looked like Virginia Tech at first, but I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. You know me. I'm like a big geek for helmets and stuff like that, and uh and uniforms. I thought Iowa's uniforms were awesome. Those things were they really, were cool. really cool. Yeah, and the helmets were awesome too. And uh, you know, maybe the better you look, the better you play because the two best uniforms combinations of the weekend both had big victories. Um, so let's get to you blew it. You blew it. You blew it means this team, you know, had it in their hands. They were ready to move forward, whether it's early in the season or playoff opportunity. Uh, we've already talked about Ohio State. Penn State and the Big Ten, uh, they blew it. I mean, Penn State had their opportunity. Had they beaten Michigan State, we'd be talking about them back in the mix, uh, pushing for a playoff spot. Ohio State, same thing. Now they both have two losses. They're done. Iowa State I put on there simply because, you know, the the kid couldn't afford that third loss and 
and they got it. And um, West Virginia is not exactly a great football team, so they needed that victory. Oklahoma State, you blew it because TCU ripped you apart and you gave up 62 points, so you're done. And then you added Virginia Tech, which is a good one because Virginia Tech had an opportunity, um, you know, with a victory over Miami to pretty much lock up their division and uh, and move forward to play Clemson. And again, a one-loss ACC team, I think, is in. Yeah, and, a cre- and credit to Miami in that game. I thought Virginia Tech could go down there and kind of muscle them up and beat them up a little bit and, and win that game kind of ugly and, and low scoring. And and Miami scored 38 on them, kind of handled the game, very comfortable win, 18 points. Uh, give credit to Miami. I still think if they get into the playoff, they're going to get annihilated. Uh, that defense is good, man. That defense is really good. They got, they yeah, got they linebackers they that can Duke. run. That they we don't know how good they are yet. Run. No, we'll see we how do. good they are. We'll see they how good they are. They got a pass rush. They, can, they got linebackers that can move. The defensive backs take chances, but more than likely it works out for them. The defense – the offense is what I worry about. I mean, you know, the, yeah. the, the quarterback is a little bit, like, shaky. Sometimes he looks great. Other times he looks absolutely horrid. Um, you know, they're missing their best offensive weapon, although Homer uh, looked very, very good. Um, I don't think they have great wide receivers. So, you know, but that defense is legit, man. I mean, they are legit. Um, I'm not saying top five defense in the country. Maybe I should come out with another top five defense in the country because that one was so awesome. The second <laughs> I mentioned Michigan – as the number one defense, they just fell apart uh, and looked horrible. Who was it against? Penn State? Yeah. yeah, Penn State. And then I had Georgia up there. I had Clemson up there. They both held up pretty well. I had Alabama up there. They held up pretty well. I think I had one more defense up there, which turned out to be wretchedly horrendous. No, I had Auburn. Auburn's held up pretty good. But I think Miami would be considered in that range of, top five defenses in the country for me. Let me ask you this. Miami's the four seed and Alabama's the one seed. What do you think that line in the game is? Under 21 points? I think it's probably 17 and a half in that range. It'll be a high line. What was Washington last year? Wasn't it very high, like 17? I, uh, I, don't, I think it was, thir- I think it ended 13 and a half because I remember it was, the, the final of that game was only 24-7, right? Yeah, it was, I mean, it wasn't as close as the score appeared, but yeah, and and Alabama covered that game. I remember, like on a late touchdown. So, um, I think seventeen. Yeah. I think seventeen. Uh, but don't look at me. I mean, my the, the, when we do these stupid picks every week, I suck. I mean, I'm horrible. Every lock of the week is just to bet the opposite. This week's lock of the week, Notre Dame lock of the week. And they win by what, 11 instead 11. of 14? Yeah, they scored 48 and one only won by 11. I'm telling you, take Missouri every week. I've taken Missouri three weeks in a row, and it was locked in by halftime. Wow, that's just stupid. You can't take <laughs> Missouri every week. I mean, come on. I've heard so. That's like me last year. I ended up having like rounds and rounds on my fantasy football team. That's just <laughs> stupid, you know? And it, it took like week 10, I realized that I'm like, I'm starting Crowell and the tight end and some other clown, and I'm like, Maybe this is why I suck at fantasy football. I've got three <laughs> Browns starting. That's I think I had Terrell Pryor as well or something. So, you know, but let's not go Missouri every week. It's ridiculous. And you blew it, though. Give credit to Iowa State. Come on. They they were a joke just a few years ago. Matt Campbell, I don't think, will be there very long. It'll be interesting to see if Tennessee makes a run at him. Uh, maybe, I'm going to uh, tell you why they blew it. I'm going to tell you why they blew it, though. Ready? 
Because in the next in the next ten fifteen years, Iowa State's never going to be on our radar again. Never. Yeah, yeah. This, this was is it. Their shot. This was the this year. Is... You know, this was this was Boston College in two thousand seven. And there's a great reference for you. They were the number two team in the country in two thousand seven. Did you know that, Gorney? Yeah, they went to. Didn't they go to Florida State and win? Matt Ryan and the uh, Matty Ice baby. They beat Virginia Tech with the down fourteen or down thirteen with a minute and a half. Then they ended up losing to Maryland, of course, and then fell from number two. But that was the only – it's like the only chance they're going to have ever. Yeah. Like 1984, Doug Flutie, 2007. Like it's every 20 years Iowa State's going to be relevant, and this was the year. So you blew it. You blew it. Sorry. No sympathy. Because of daylight saving time. Here's an easy victory for Trump. Ready? Ready? This is This would make <laughs> me like him. Is this how he's going to make America great again, Mike? Yes, this is how you make America great. Eliminate daylight savings time. Eliminate it. Boom. Right now, it's what I don't. I can't figure out the time difference. I guess we set the clocks back. Right now, it's twelve thirty. You know, around six thirty, it's still bright out out here. Nobody's depressed and sitting in their office waiting for the next day to come at four thirty when it's dark. It's an easy win for Trump, and he blew it. He you blew know, it. In, yeah. Arizona, in Arizona and Indiana, they don't turn the clocks back. So maybe if you move to Indiana, you wouldn't have this problem, Mike. Yeah, that's where I want to move. To. Um, <laughs> you know, I like it here in haughty toddy, rich, rich, rich folk, Connecticut very much. But uh, I just don't like they were talking about having New England have their own time zone, the New England time zone. And we wouldn't set our clocks back and have daylight savings. Yeah, that no one cares awesome. about New England already, so just just do it anyway. No one would even know. And they have no reason for it. They decided to do it for the farmers. They don't do it for the farmers anymore. That was 80 years ago. Trump, you blew it. You blew it. You could have you, you could have avoided six months of Mike Farrell anger and depression on his podcast, and you blew it. So now you're going to have to deal with this whiny jerk on a podcast for the next six months. It's horrible. Let's get the hot garbage because that's my favorite. Ooh, that's some hot garbage. It's Dave Barry. It sounds like Dave Barry every time now. No, to it me. sounds like that's wrong. not me. So, so Florida. Some random internet person. Florida, let's just give up. Let's just say our coach got fired. You know, he hit some pictures on a shark and he, he lied about some stuff and he got fired. So let's just give up. Let's just say, say football at all. That's what yeah. they did. That's yeah. what's happened. I think David Reese, joke. David Reese came out and called him out for it and stuff, but they, they are bad. They are, they, they showed up there and didn't want to play and didn't, didn't care about getting blown out or being embarrassed. And I don't know how this changes week to week because their offense isn't exactly going to do anything for them. And now their defense has given up. So I feel bad for Randy Shannon having to be the interim coach before he gets axed, but this is a mess. How bad has Malik Zaire been? I mean, his career. What a nice kid, too. Like, one of the nicest kids we've ever covered at Rivals and stuff. And just such a nice kid. Wow. Bad. And that's yeah. the lefty quarterback. That's the lefty quarterback that I've been harping on forever. Lefty quarterbacks just can't be good. I'm sorry. I, mean, uh, I hate to break it to you. Last year, and I, I, I could look this up again. I'm not sure about this. But last year... There were no lefty quarterbacks in the NFL who threw a touchdown pass the entire season. The only lefty why. who threw a quarterback, I think, was Des Bryant. <laughs> how how many years have you heard me talk about lefty quarterbacks? Yeah, you are right. There are. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, 
It's been well over a decade that I've been talking about it. And uh, I think our last five-star lefty quarterback was Tim Tebow, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we foolishly had Shane Morris as a five-star for a second there, but then we caught ourselves and (laughs) realized we need to make, we need to figure that out and, and correct that mistake because that was just stupid, but. Um, Zaire struggled, Florida struggled, uh, David Reese, good for you. Call out your teammates because none of them have any pride. Uh, it's disgust. It's disgusting. And speaking of no pride, Arkansas, you're hot garbage. Oh my you God. almost lost to Coastal Carolina. Ooh, that's some hot garbage. Absolutely. You got a, you got an offensive tackle playing quarterback. Um, you, you, you just, you're just not a good football team. This um, was a Coastal Carolina right team whose two running backs were hurt going into that game. Uh, they're one in seven, uh, a complete joke of a team, and they almost beat an SEC team on the road. That, that is that is the epitome. That is hottest garbage possible. And for Coastal Carolina, those of us not gonna have a really good baseball team, so um, you know, good for them in that respect. But Arkansas, you're hot garbage. Nebraska, the last time Nebraska lost four straight home games, Adam Gorney was what year? I don't know. 1961. When they wow. lose to Iowa to finish the season at home, it's going to match that record. And that was when the sellout streak started. And you know what? They don't get rid of Riley and they don't start winning. The sellout streak might start to end. Well, and yeah, this has turned qui- yeah, this has turned quickly. Um, and I can tell because... I often go on the Nebraska message board because it's one of my favorite things to do. And uh, anything critical of Mike Riley now is almost embraced. Uh, they don't want him there. They want change. They think there should be a, na- be a, na- a national power or at least a contender. And uh, they're not close. Not even close. They're, they're, they're bad. They're hot garbage. It's not embraced. It's like, well, we know that's stupid. <laughs> right. That, that to me is embraced on the Nebraska board. Oh, all right. Thanks for telling us our coach sucks. We know that. Nice hot take, Gorney. Get out of here now. But yeah, I couldn't believe that statistic about the home. Remember when they were scary at home? Remember yeah. they were undefeatable at at night at home? Remember yeah. that? Yeah. And, and, and now it's just like they're losing to average football teams at home, and that's that they're going to tie that streak from 1961. That's a long, long time. So. They're hot garbage. And then UCLA, uh, they've got one player. He didn't play. Uh, even when he does play, they still stink. And they're hot garbage. His name's Josh Rosen. Um, without him, they're just dogs, as you heard yeah. in the background. The, they're, hot, they're hot garbage because this week, Breland Brandt retired medic, for medical reasons and texted a staffer at uh, kind of in the middle of the night. And uh, the staffer told him that he quit on the football team. So... They're a mess. The they got embarrassed by Utah, who doesn't exactly have an offense that's all that stellar. They've given up. Uh, you know, we'll see if Jim Moore is retained. I know he went on a rant about Brock Heward not knowing much about football, but uh, you know, I, he has a twelve million dollar buyout, and I don't know if the UCLA alumni is going to pony up to pay that one, uh, just because how big is football there anyway? Yeah, why would they? What do they yeah. care? They haven't won anything in 100 years anyways. Just keep them and suck and move forward. And Breland Brandt, another former five-star we cal- recalibrated, thank goodness. Good job, yeah. Gorney, on that one. 
I mean, I'll take all the blame on Shane Morris if you want to, although I, I could share it. Um, Brinland Brandt. Oof. Eesh. Oh, but, absolutely. Um, yeah, we recalibrated. But, but the freak, Jalen Phillips, who is a legit five-star, he just tweeted this morning that people who decommit from a school because of wins and losses are stupid. And I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I love Jalen Phillips. I think Darnay Holmes is a future star. Uh, it's a shame that you know UCLA yeah. couldn't recruit any talent around Josh Rosen because he, he he would look even better than he does. And you know they're just they're hot garbage. They're a mess. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if those guys are future stars. You know, like you have one or two stars, and you're not going to go anywhere because you don't right. have a football team. Miles Jack was a star. Yep. But it didn't matter because they never win anything ever. Uh, Texas A&M never wins anything ever. UCLA right up there. But Mora will probably stay because I don't think they're going to pay that buyout. Uh, but someone's definitely gone. So I think I've been cranky enough on this, right? I think it's time to end it. Yeah, probably time to end it. I think that's it. enough enough crankiness for one I day. I mean, it's 1144 local time here on a Monday when we're taping this, and it's already dark out. <laughs> so th- th- this is Trump's fault. I blame Trump on this. He could have fixed this. Well, maybe he'll he'll separate the Northeast into into a separate entity. He doesn't care. Nobody cares. Let's uh, let's right. wrap it up, and then we'll do another one this week, which I'll be I'll probably be a little bit happier. But I, I don't yeah, know. we'll wrap it up. We can see. We'll see if we can make Mike Farrell happier. That's a t- tall order, but we'll see if we can do it. So yeah, good luck. <laughs> for everybody out there, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Real Dave Barry, at Rivals Mike, and at Adam Gorney. Check us out on iTunes. Leave us a review because that always helps too. So we will see you all later in the week. Thanks for listening. Thanks.